Emotional eating is really affected by the mind and the thoughts as we discussed last week and by other foundational issues as well. So today we're gonna look at how the physical body and the physical environment have a role in emotional eating as well as some realistic suggestions on how to combat these physical inducements. Stay tuned. Welcome to the True Food Freedom and Faith Podcast. I'm your imperfect host, Cheryl Sharko, registered dietitian, nutritionist, and biblical counselor, here to get real with you, my sisters in Christ. Yep, I'm talking to you who struggle with restrictive food rules, chronic dieting, yo-yo diets, emotional eating, and other issues that consume your life, your joy, and your peace. So get your comfy pants on, like I did, and get ready for some real talk about this journey, real nutrition information, and some real solutions so you can live a life in true food freedom and faith. We're just going deeper and deeper into emotional eating this fall, and today we're talking about one of the maybe more foundational issues that keep driving us to emotional eating. Yeah, we have all been there. You know, we feel crummy for some reason and we just want some comfort. And food is a really quick and handy way of soothing ourselves, isn't it? Well, yes and no. Food does certainly bring an experience of pleasure and also does bring neurological reward. So there are indeed physical reasons that we reach for the snack when we feel crummy. But as we've all come to see, this pleasure and reward experience, it's very short-lived. And then we're just stuck with the crummy feeling when it returns. So if you, like me, want to get to the bottom of this habitual way of dealing with our feelings and experiences, then you're in the right place today, ladies. Last month, I did a four-episode podcast series on overcoming emotional eating using a tool called the Guide Through Emotional Eating. And if you're not here for that, please go back to those episodes. They're numbers 40 through 43. And then download your free guide as well at CherylSharko.com slash emotional eating. You can work through on a more detailed level the individual occasions that you might be tempted to run for food. Well, then last week we began a new kind of theme of getting down to the deeper, more foundational reasons that we go to food when we're dealing with our emotions in the first place. We discussed five mind issues in emotional eating in that podcast, and today we're continuing with five physical issues and emotional eating. I want to say that when compared to the rest of the issues we cover this month on the topic, physical issues may be a bit less direct of a cause for emotional eating, but the ones I want to talk about today do actually affect eating habits and cravings and a desire to eat. So I do think that they're worth discussing as foundational issues in emotional eating. Also, these physical issues can be interrelated. One might affect the other, vice versa but I still wanna highlight each one of the physical issues individually as they relate to emotional eating. All right, let's get going with our first physical issue that is related to emotional eating, and that is stress. Stress, it increases something called dopamine and also another hormone called ghrelin, which is what we call our hunger hormone. So both our dopamine and our hunger hormone are increased during stress. So you know where I'm going here, right? It's found to affect the food reward signaling system in your brain. So increased prolonged stress can be emotional or it can also be physical, like something's wrong with your physical body. Those can certainly lead to increased emotional eating behaviors. 
So here's some suggestions for that. Stress can come from so many places. It's helpful for you to try and locate the source or sources of what's causing you stress, okay? And that'll take some time. It'll take some reflection. It'll take some thought. But then you can more effectively deal with those stressors themselves to minimize the stress. So say the source of stress is external. Maybe there are some tasks that are overwhelming you. Then write down each task that's overwhelming you and break it down into smaller chunks. Work through that list of smaller steps over time and you're gonna make some great headway which will lessen the stress of the undone tasks. Plus knowing that you have them identified, written down and broken down alone can actually do wonders for your stress. Try to make this a practice over your lifetime, especially if you tend to have this kind of stress often where you're overwhelmed by tasks, to-do lists, projects, and that kind of thing. Now, that's for external stresses, but what if your stress is emotional or relational? Well, then you'll definitely, definitely wanna seek out God's truly effective solutions to these problems, right? We always wanna go to what God says the solution is because he made us, he made our emotions, he knows how relationships work best, so we go to him. Now, if we're dealing with, say, anxiety, I'm gonna challenge you to study, and I mean really study, Philippians 4, verses four through eight. You know the verses, and they start off by talking about be anxious for nothing, but we can tend to just read through these, get to the end and say, well, I'm still anxious. That didn't work. But what I want you to do is study it. I want you to study the words, the phrases, practice what each part says. There's so much richness in there for actual practical help. Practice what each part says. Pray, be thankful, learn about God's sovereignty, his power, his love for you, where to put your mind, what to be focused on. It'll do wonders, but you do need to dig into it and don't do it just once. Do this daily, make it a daily practice until you start to see that light. Now, if you're having, say, a conflict with another Christian, we'll bring this to a third impartial person who is wise in scriptures, who is a mature Christian, um, a pastor, but have somebody there to help you work through this with love and reconciliation if you cannot do it just between the two of you. So those are just two really quick examples, but that's how we take something like a stress and turn to God's way of looking at it for solutions. We're gonna come back with the second physical issue in emotional eating right after this quick break. A lot of new stuff going on over here, starting with our newsletter. Each week you can expect some cool stuff like behind the scenes sneak peeks of the online program that's coming out in a few months, or updates, or any free resource. Well, those go directly to our newsletter subscribers. So don't miss a beat, a pod, or a peek by signing up for the free email newsletter at CherylSharko.com slash newsletter. Today we're hitting some of the physical issues that are associated with emotional eating that kind of keep us bound in that practice. And we just talked about stress and how to deal with that. But now we're gonna talk about sleep. Sleep is so important and it really does have a very strong and direct effect on our appetite and eating. Disturbed sleep is associated with a higher level of emotional eating in people. It's also associated with higher cravings and not just any cravings, 
but cravings for higher fat foods and higher sugars, AKA high calorie foods, energy dense foods. So this is due to the effect that lowered sleep has on your serotonin production. And this lowered serotonin production drives a craving for these particular types of high energy foods. Some suggestions to deal with this, of course, we need to, as much as we can, deal with the problems of sleep. When you're having trouble sleeping, look, is there stress keeping you awake? Then try to go back to the last point and start working on some of those stressors in both a practical and biblical way so that that can at least be one less factor that's keeping you awake at night. You'll want to add in some new practices for sleeping habits, some new ways of getting yourself ready for bed, getting your environment ready. And you can search for a set of suggestions using the term sleep hygiene. Sleep hygiene, you can just look that up on Google and get some good suggestions for improving your sleep. Now, if you don't find them for some reason and you need some extra help there, just go to CherylSharko.com slash contact me and ask me for the sleep hygiene handout that I have, and I'll be happy to send that to you. Okay, so sleep is so strongly correlated with cravings, and that, again, might not be a direct link to emotional eating, but you can see how that needs to be addressed and how when you have increased cravings and you're prone to emotional eating, that's kind of the one-two punch. So we want to deal with sleep through sleep hygiene, stress through those other methods we talked about. So these are just some simple suggestions for dealing with these. I know, you know, you may need a lot deeper help, probably, if you're dealing with years of stress or years of sleep deprivation, you're going to need some actual help. And number three, a physical issue related to emotional eating, it's your health, your physical body. Now, as an important note, this is a podcast and this information, it's for educational purposes only. I'm not your personal healthcare provider, so please speak to your private healthcare provider and work with him or her on how this educational information applies to you. You might be under care for a specific condition that would negate or alter this advice. So again, it's always important that you don't take this podcast as your personal medical advice. All right, with that being said, in general, in general, you usually don't want to restrict eating while you're ill, while you're fevered, after a physical trauma, while you're healing, unless, unless you're told to do so because there are instances where that's the case. With some conditions, you will need to restrict your eating, but that's again why you need to talk with your healthcare provider, specifically if you have a medical condition or you're healing from something, you have a physical trauma. But in general, when you're fevered, your body actually does need more energy while you're having general illnesses and recovery, your body tends to need more energy. So in that vein, it's important to get a physical checkup. If you're really struggling suddenly with emotional eating, if it's kind of coming out of nowhere, you're craving food, you're just, you just need, need more food. Well, it might indicate an underlying issue that your doctor will want to address. So it's always good to keep in mind any sudden changes in your body or even your emotional state. It's always good to get those looked at. But some physical issues that are under the label, let's say of health and disease and illness, et cetera, that can be related to emotional eating specifically, well, those are your hormones, PMS, pregnancy. There's a strong interplay with hormones throughout the life stages that can affect your emotions and your cravings and your appetite. 
These may be some of the physical issues that you're dealing with that drive you to eat emotionally. So if this is the case for you, you may be able to plan for these times. So for example, if you're driven to eat excessive amounts of chocolate or dive into a gallon of ice cream on the fifth of every single month, well, you might wanna plan ahead for some alternate activities, some more nutrient-rich substitutes, or watch more carefully what you bring into the home for that week, or just be ready to enjoy it. Have that determined decision that I'm gonna want it, I'm gonna have that there, and I'm gonna enjoy it. You know, whatever it is, be aware. Don't just let it hit you in the chin every fifth of the month like you didn't know it was coming um, when it happens all the time. Just be aware of it, and you can plan for what you want to do with that. All right, we need to talk about depression. Gotta go there. It's very complex. It has various expressions in people. So this is obviously kind of a general overview of depression. Some have a hard time sleeping with depression. Some oversleep. But if you have hard time sleeping, we already discussed that this is connected with emotional eating. And some have an abnormal loss of appetite during depression while others eat more than average amounts of food daily and they engage in more emotional eating. So again, there are just so many differences in depression experiences. Now, this is not a counseling session to deal with depression overall. That's an individual thing that we need to do, but this is simply a podcast that is ever so slightly addressing the connection with depression and emotional eating. It's well known that for many people, depression brings a desire for emotional eating. So Here are a few suggestions for those of you who are suffering from this very difficult situation. Above all, above all, you need hope when you're in the throes of depression. What's a little bit of a challenge is that your mind's actually going to have to work a little harder to take charge over your feelings and your lethargy, which you can see inherently is a difficulty. If you're feeling lethargic, I'm asking you to make a little more effort in raining over your thoughts, there's an extra challenge there. So some things to keep in front of your eyes are the scriptures that are going to be feeding you, that are going to remind you, say, to walk by faith and not by sight in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, that God is near. Even when you don't sense or feel him, God is near. Remember that God has opened the door for you to cry out to him as a psalmist did while remembering that this is a temporary situation and it's okay to cry out to God. In Psalm 42, 5, the psalmist wrote, Why are you in despair, O my soul? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him. So although it doesn't feel like it, this is a season, and your job right now is just to remember God's truth in faith and keep your focus on him. And when you need to, you go ahead and you lament and you cry out to God because that also is very biblical. I'd say after that, the next best thing and most important thing that you can do if you're dealing with depression, get a partner. Get a partner. If there's ever a time that you need some hands-on support, it is now. Food cannot be a partner. It cannot be a good support to you. It cannot pray for you. It cannot remind you of the truth of God. It cannot give you the hope of the gospel. But a faithful friend or a loved one is irreplaceable during depression. Even to be somebody who helps you to do the things you don't have the energy to do, like taking charge of those thoughts and bringing them to the word of God and finding these scriptures. So get a partner, get a support person, open up to somebody that you trust who is a mature person in the faith that loves you 
that will be irreplaceable. So again, this is just barely touching on depression and emotional eating, but I wanted to make sure I addressed it. I realized though, there is so much more to depression. And when you find yourself there and you need some good biblical help, please get some good biblical help. We will be right back to discuss the last two physical issues with emotional eating. Hey sisters, I have some good news. I want to get to know you better. I want us to support one another in this process, this journey to food freedom. It can be tough if we're doing it alone, so let's not. Why don't you join me in our private online community? I'll put the link in the show notes, or you can just go to Facebook and search for True Food Freedom and Faith. The and is an ampersand. I really look forward to us getting to know one another, so I will see you there. We've been talking about some of those foundational physical issues that can be associated with emotional eating. They can kind of keep pulling you back into that. So we want to address them. And right now I want to talk about your physical environment, things like the weather. Yeah, we know the weather affects how we feel, right? Seasons really do affect emotional eating. Shorter days with less sunlight can lead to something we've all heard of, that seasonal affective disorder. Well, seasonal affective disorder is very highly correlated with an increase in eating and carbohydrate cravings. Now, sunlight exposure, let's talk about that for just a minute. We do know that sunlight and the loss of it in those darker seasons absolutely affects our emotions and leads us to increased eating, increased carbohydrate cravings. If you find that the change of seasons does lead you towards increased emotional eating, then try to get out in the sunlight and in nature as much as possible. This is probably going to take a little more intentionality than during the long, beautiful days in the other seasons, but don't let temperature be an excuse. You know, even if you have to wrap up more in the northern winters or get outside early in the morning in the southern summers, make this a priority to capture the sunlight as much as you can. This isn't a a conversation about UV lights or skin cancers, you know, protect yourself the way that you and your healthcare provider have decided. This is about making sure your eyes are seeing and in the sunlight and you are getting some of those rays that help you with your vitamin D production. But overall, we want to make a little more effort in those times of year where we're inside more to get out there and get that sun in any way that we can. All right, number five, our fifth and final physical issue that is related to emotional eating, cravings, cravings. This I've included in the physical issues podcasts because wherever or however cravings start, they do end up involving physiological actions in the body and in the brain. So let's just take a minute and talk about why cravings are such a big part of our lives and why they're so powerful. Well, keep in mind, people don't tend to have cravings for nutrient-rich, low-energy foods like vegetables, fruit, whole grains, but it's usually more the sugar and fat-laden, high-energy foods. So when we're craving food and then we give in to those cravings, it might be for foods that are giving our body a lot more energy than they actually need. The very sight and smell of high-energy foods, that alone can trigger a neurological response. It can cause dopamine to be released from the hypothalamus, which is leading to more intense cravings. And remember we mentioned dopamine also is increased in stress. So you're starting to see 
how much your body really does have an effect on your cravings and potentially emotional eating. Now, unfortunately, if you're trying to withhold these kinds of foods, marketing, marketing of high energy foods is all around you. It's kind of like you're not safe from it anywhere, not in your own home, not in your own car. And so you can see how this is all working together. There's a sight or a smell of high energy foods. There's marketing of those pictures all around. Then the thought of those foods can trigger that increased craving through your brain. And then once you crave something in our culture, for most people, it's not all that hard to get, is it? Those don't tend to be very expensive foods. You can stop at a gas station and see a big sign for some high carbohydrate, high fat, high energy, high sugar foods that are super, super cheap, right? So it's everywhere. The high energy, sugary, high fat foods are relatively inexpensive. They're abundant. They're easy to get your hands on once that whole cycle of craving has begun. So cravings can be tough and you can see why they're kind of a weak spot when you are prone to emotional eating. A few suggestions for this, that's gonna include avoidance and distractions. Let me break this down a little bit. Cravings and enticement, they're usually short-term and that's important to remember in that moment. So if you can distract yourself with any kind of activity or project, take a walk until you're not under its control, those cravings will pass. And that's really good news. And that's really helpful to try and remember. It's also important to consider avoiding places that cause those unavoidable triggers of these dopamine firing sights and smells. Like make and bring your own coffee maybe instead of stopping by at a quote coffee shop that's a dessert counter with a side of coffee. Or maybe stay out of the malls when you can as they specialize in spreading the smell of cinnamon buns and sweet pretzels to as many people as possible. Just find out what your triggers are and see if there's ways to avoid those and distract from those. I wanna make an important point though for you Christian ladies out there. Sensory cravings, they just demonstrate the flesh, the physical body, which is dying to sin. But this flesh can still show itself in its enslavement to sin very strongly in things like cravings, right? but we do not have to obey the flesh. We don't have to obey the craving. It will go away. It doesn't determine what we're gonna do. And we can train our minds to stand firm against the temptations of the flesh and not allow temptations to rule over us. We wanna prepare our minds to overcome. And you know, we don't need to feel like we have no choice. That is not true. And I know it can feel like that in that moment, but it's so important to remember your flesh is not ruling over you if you are in Christ. So be encouraged that the longer you avoid or distract from these triggers, the less powerful they become. Break the habit of giving in to your cravings. And the best way to do this without backlash is to avoid these environments in the first place. It's also important for me to say that having a desire for food and enjoying it intentionally because you've decided to take the time and enjoy God's good gift, more power to you. That is not at all what I'm addressing here. I'm talking about more that habitual enslavement to reach for food as the first line of a solution when you really don't want to be doing that. Okay, that's what these suggestions are for. So we've covered 
five really big physical issues in emotional eating. Again, these include stress, sleep, health issues, and hormonal shifts. Your environment, which includes a change of seasons or weather, and physical cravings. Now, while not all of these are direct causes of emotional eating, the physical aspects often end in emotional eating and can even create strong cravings that are harder to resist. But take encouragement that although we are made of spirit, soul, and physical body, the body is not what has to rule us. Our mind and our soul are being renewed by the spirit of God in us, and his power is enabling us to put off the fleshly desires as we depend utterly on him. If you want to find help for your individual times of temptation to eat emotionally, go back to the podcasts number 40 through 43 and listen to those that can help you more effectively use this tool called Guide Through Emotional Eating. And you can download your free copy of that guide to work through it at CherylSharko.com slash emotional eating. You know, cravings are tough and the physical body really can have alterations that make emotional eating harder to resist at times. But although you won't be perfect in resisting this and remembering that it isn't always wrong to eat during emotional times and remembering that your standing with God is not determined by how well you eat or don't eat. It's determined only by the fact that if you've believed the gospel, you are in Christ and God is pleased with you because and only because He's pleased with Christ. It is in response to this knowledge that we can endeavor to follow passages like 1 Corinthians 10.31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So rest in Christ's work on your behalf and in the Spirit's continual working to make you holy as you live for Him alone. See you next time. Ladies, if this topic or any other podcast episode has been valuable to you, please help me get this information out to others who could benefit from it too by leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to the podcast and sharing the episode on your social media. Or you can always come to any of my socials and like, comment, and share that way. This helps other people know it's important information that can benefit them as well. Thank you for helping.